This is episode 30 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. I'm Bella Vasto with Jump Consulting, and today I'm here with Brittany Young. She is a digital marketing professional and a social media enthusiast. Her day-to-day life as a social media marketing manager includes finding and curating relevant content to post to social channels, analyzing post data and post performance to see keyword trends or spikes in engagement, and looking for relevant industry influencers to connect with and responding to customer inquiries. I have her on today because I know that so many pet sitting businesses are trying to struggle through the social media tidal waves and figure out where they need to be, what they need to be doing, and no other than Brittany is here to help save the day and explain to us all what we should be doing. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) So why don't you give our audience a little bit of background of who you are, where you came from? Sure. So social, digital, everything has really been my passion pretty much since I graduated from college about 10 years ago. I originally started off in a small digital agency where I got to do a lot of hands-on experience, just learning what social and digital was and how it worked. I often think a professor I had in college back when Facebook was just starting up, at the time I had MySpace and she had encouraged all of us to go out there, sign up for Facebook, sign up for Twitter. And at the time, you know, I thought to myself, what is the point? You know, I don't want to be bothered, but I thank her so much because I did go out, I did learn them. And now here I am about 10 years later and I do this for a living and I love it. I love building the community, connecting with people and social and really helping drive business. I love that story because we all have heard the whole, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And it sounds like you've really accomplished that. So kudos to you. Thank you. Tell us more what a social media marketing manager does. And the reason why I ask is I think so many of us small business owners, we wear so many hats and we're like, oh yeah, I could post to Facebook. No big deal. But They don't really understand the true power. I kind of always use the analogy. It's kind of like having a Lamborghini, but not knowing how to open it up on the road and get like the full power of it. So can you explain a little bit more what a social media marketing manager does? Yes. So I would say the biggest thing besides just posting, because that is a big part of it. But in order to really engage and connect with your audience, you have to listen and you have to understand what it is they want to hear. And a lot of times businesses, when they get into Facebook or Twitter and all that, you know, they go out there thinking, oh, I'm just going to blast about, you know, whatever my latest promotion is. But really, I would say it's kind of like a song and dance. It, It is a bit of that, but it's also a bit of listening. It's a bit of engaging. And most of my day to day interactions go that way. I look for content that I think my audience will like and want to share as well. And then it's also seeing what they're posting, what they're saying about my business, about the industry and being able to interact with them. Here's a side question here that just kind of comes up in my mind. I know a lot of business owners struggle with the engagement. So we're talking about talk to them and listen to what they're saying. But what if they're not saying anything? What's the best way for you to get them engaged? 
That is a good question because that is something that I have experienced somewhat in my current position now. We're not exactly the most fun thing to talk about uh, (laughs) dealing with urgent care. But I would say there are opportunities for you to kind of start that conversation. One thing I highly recommend is what I call bizarre holidays. So there's like today's National Chocolate Lovers Day. Those types of things people love to share and engage with. It doesn't necessarily tie directly to your business. Some of them do, some of them don't, but it's a great way to start the conversation and kind of get people engaged. That's a great idea. And you're right, because I think it's breaking up the noise. It's like most of it is like, oh my God, yeah, right. Left-handers day, really? But at the same time, it also makes you stop and you get that reaction. So that's a great idea. Total great idea. All right. So the people that are listening to us now might be saying, oh, yeah, that's great, Bella and Brittany. But I can just get me Edgar or Hootsuite or any of the other automatic social media posting things. What's the difference between me using Meet Edgar, which republishes, you know, content or Hootsuite where you can schedule it? I don't even know if that republishes yet and an actual live human being like yourself. There are pros and cons to all of them, really. Mm -hmm. And I know for me personally, it is a mix of both. You have to have a kind of automated effort to it because especially for a small business owner, there's no way you'll be able to keep up with going in there, posting every day or, you know, having to worry about that. So these tools are helpful. It is usually a good idea to set aside some time where you do that, where you take that time to schedule all of that. But I think just as much as you are, say you set aside, maybe it's 30 minutes just to schedule out some posts for the week or something like that. I still think you have to also go back and just review, see, did somebody share the post? You know, did they comment, respond to the comment? So I think you'd still have to dedicate at least some time to both. Mm -hmm. Whether it's an automate or a live, one of my favorite things, Brittany, I'm sure you know about is if you get a post that you share or that gets a lot of likes, you can go ahead and click those likes and see everyone who liked it, but then invite the people that aren't a member of your page to come to your page. And that's something that like a meet Edgar can't necessarily do. So it is very vast and there are pros and cons. Those are really great points. How often should a page be posting? And Should they be posting like their own content or correlating content from everyone else? I see so many pages that are just content curators, which means they're reposting other people's stuff. Right. And there's no real brand identity on their page because it's just a mishmash of everyone else. Can you give me your thoughts on that? Like how often should they be posting? What should they be posting? Yes. And now this does get a little tricky because then you get into the nitty gritty of the networks. Uh And if we're talking about specifically Facebook, yes, if you're a small business and you have less than 10,000 people that like your page, you really don't want to post more than once or twice per day. And This is because Facebook has gone through a lot of changes with how they rank your posts and allow your fans to even see your posts. So if you are posting more than that, it's actually doing more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Less people are going to see your posts, which means you're going to get even less interaction with the few (laughs) fans you may already have. Right. So I would definitely not recommend more than one or two times per day for specifically Facebook. 
if you're active on Twitter, there's a lot more leeway you have there. Sure. Twitter is actually, I think the last stat I read on that, the life of a tweet is 18 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> you can definitely do a lot more tweeting there. Again, I guess to your comment about, you know, your content versus others, I think it does have to be a mix of both user generated content is definitely something that people want to see. And I know from past experience on channels like Instagram, that really gets people engaged, gets more fans and follows that when they see that you are sharing their content, they respond well to that. So I think it is good to put others, but you do need to also have your identity, like you said, which I think goes back into what I said previously about having a set aside time where you are scheduling kind of what your brand posts will be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely scheduling, having some sort of a navigation to it all, you know, not just throwing spaghetti up against the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. (laughs) Totally. Especially if you can't be posting, you know, six, seven, eight times a day, you know, like I tell pet sitters, I'd be curious to hear what you thought. And this isn't necessarily on our question list, but I like to go off script sometimes and just chat it up. Yeah, I kind of have this theory that pet sitters or dog walkers or pet businesses, they tend to post a ton of pictures of the pets that they're pet sitting for. And while I think that's great, I think some of the viewers, some people will stop. But majority of people, I don't think people really care about pets unless it's their own pet after a while. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I mean, it's important to show what you do. And I'm not saying not to post about the pets or post pictures of the pets. But I think that that also should be part of the overall bigger pie. So maybe you have some content that's curated, some of your blogs you're reposting, some of your engaging questions or PSA announcements like, you know, when is too cold to walk your dog or when is too hot to walk your dog? And then pictures of the pets, you know? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I would absolutely agree with what you just said. Even though images, you know, tend to get more engagement or, you know, they tell you that the visuals is what you need to put. I do think it is a balancing act and you want to give your fans and followers something more than just, you know, pictures of pets. I think if you can provide helpful information and tips and things like that, that's going to keep people more engaged with your page. And, you know, you don't want to get to a place where, they know that's all you post about. And so they tend to tune you out. Because like you said, there's so much out there and you're trying to break through the noise. And so by doing something just a little different and adding a little more value, that's what's going to keep people coming back. Amen, sister. So maybe what people could do with all these pictures that they are taking is they can throw them into Pixabay or Canva or something like that. And they could make it transparent out and then put some sort of a question or use that picture another way other than saying, here's Teddy, the fluffy dog (laughs) or cat, you know, like use those pictures as instead of having to buy your stock photos, like maybe you could make your own engagements with those pictures. Speaking of which, another off the script question, Britt, what apps do you like for doctoring up those pictures and and picture editing and stuff. What are your favorite ones? Yes, I was just going to say Canva. (laughs) I definitely love Canva. I definitely have that in my toolkit. I also use Flipagram. I still use that to make little slideshows. Yes. I know Boomerang is really hot now. A lot of people are using that. Because, you know, people are, I guess, beyond just the photo, but now it is more movements, more video. So yeah, that's definitely another one I use. 
I think some of the old ones I know with the sizing, but I think Instagram has kind of come up to speed with that now. But those are a few of my favorites that I use quite often. I remember back in the day when I used to upload a picture to Instagram and just to use their filter. And then I would take that picture and put it on Facebook because there weren't any of these like filtering apps. Do you remember those? Yes. <laughs> and then they like exploded. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard of Boomerang, so I'll have to check that one out. But one that I recently heard of is Adobe Spark. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. That one is on desktop and on your tablet or phone, you know, and you can do short video intros, which I think that's the other thing too, where like the fast food social media, you know, give it to me fast. Like a one minute video is long. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're scrolling through like that three or five second animated, like two slides, like will catch you. I mean, it's, it's like the whole world's going ADD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those are some really great tips. And I'm going to include those in the show notes for those of us who are listening intently here. Maybe they're driving around or walking a dog and they can't exactly make notes. But when we come back, I want to kind of get back into how to get people more engaged. So after these words, we'll be right back. Want to get yourself or your staff pet first aid CPR certified, but don't know how? Gone are the days of having to take off a day of work just to go sit in a classroom. Take it online. Pro Pet Hero is a veterinarian-trained program given in modules that test your knowledge of the material at the end of each section. Pro Pet Hero can even give you a certificate to show all your clients and post it on your website. Imagine future clients being drawn to you because of your extensive knowledge. Sign up today. www.jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. Use coupon code CPR dash pet sitter for 10% off. And we're back. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. I just love chatting about social media with you. It's just such a vast topic that, I mean, we really could take this anywhere. I wanted to kind of go back to ways that we can engage, but I want to flip it on its head since we do have some extra time. And although this episode is mainly about Facebook, can you give our listeners an example of a topic that you might put out on Facebook? Maybe there's some sort of a content, but how you would translate that to Instagram and translate it to Twitter and any other mediums if you want and show our listeners how and why. Drive home the point why it's not you can post on Facebook and then let that post go to your Twitter. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. let's talk about like we could have one topic and let's give an example of how you kind of portray that topic on each channel. Yeah, sure. So since we are talking about pets and everything, I think one thing you had mentioned about for um, in the winter time. Yeah. I think there is definitely a difference between each network. And I know sometimes people don't get that. Or like you said, you just want to post it all. But I would say probably the main reason why you wouldn't want to do that is there are character limitations, you know, with the different networks. And also, especially in regards to Twitter and Instagram, when you are using hashtags and things like that, that is how other people are going to find you. Mm -hmm. And each of those networks has their own way of, you know, what's popular or what would be a trending hashtag. So you may have a blog post that's about, you know, keeping your pets warm in the winter or something like that. That's coming from your blog. You could share it to Facebook, including an image and the link to where that blog is at. You can add a little more context on Facebook because there isn't character limitations. And then 
Also, the targeting with each network. Facebook, I know, offers some organic targeting that you can do. So if you are just sharing from one of the other networks to there, you're going to miss out on that and vice versa. And then even looking at Twitter and Instagram, I think there's a way where instead of just adding maybe that big block of text or, you know, having all this copy about your blog post, you could do more with the image to actually draw them in. So I think it does take more effort, a little more work to do it. But because each audience is different, you don't want that audience on that particular network to feel left out because you didn't take a few extra steps to really customize it for them. I know also another limitation is the sizing. Each network, you know, has their own kind of sizing. So maybe you made an awesome image on Instagram, but if you're just pushing that to post to Twitter, it'll either cut it off or change it into a link. And so you're missing out on the engagement and additional impressions and things you could have got if you had posted it as its own image for Twitter. Great points. And I can't stress enough, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, Brittany, how important social media is to drive traffic to websites. I was posting blogs in my old company a couple times a week, and then I was what I call translating it. So if we use that example of how to keep your pets warm in the winter. Yeah, you could go on like a whole, you know, monologue practically on Facebook, writing copy about this is how you can do it. And then you can boost that post. And maybe you only want to do it for your city or your town, because maybe you also included a couple of pet stores that had pet sweaters. And then you also tag them. And you want to keep it kind of a micro post, you know, just in those demographics. Mm -hmm. But then you might go to Twitter and you might want to attract pet sitters, pet bloggers, you know, and you might do Mm -hmm. some hashtag research and post here are the five ways to keep your dog warm this winter, you know, and who knows where that could end up. And then maybe you could make, you know, a really funny picture of a dog and actually what I'm thinking about, because you kind of want to like really stand out, you could put like, a really big dog in a small sweater and say like, does this make me look fat? Here's how to keep your dog warm (laughs) in the winter. Right. (laughs) And like dogs of Instagram would be your hashtag or something. So you can see how the same topic is going to be like translated many different ways. Now that being said, because again, the number one thing I always hear Brittany from small business owners is that I don't have enough time, Bella. This is crazy. So I would say that two things, one, You need to hook up with someone like Brittany to either help you out with social media or have at least some sort of a plan for it. And two, you don't have to eat the whole pie. You can just focus on one. Just be good at one of them. And I guess I'm going to add a third one on. And I'd love to hear what you think (laughs) about this, Britt. How many times have you gone to a website? Maybe you're looking for a service provider in your own area. And at the top of their website, they have like four social media channel buttons And you go to Facebook and, okay, that looks cool. You go to Twitter and all it is a regurgitation of Facebook. You go to LinkedIn, it doesn't even work. And you go to Instagram and the last time they posted was like nine (laughs) months ago. So, guys, I want you to focus on one social media channel. And then I want you to only highlight that social media channel. You don't have to have a button for all of it on all of your stuff. You don't have to be everywhere. I mean, I would think that most pet sitters... The majority in this country, I think Facebook would be your best channel. 
I know some places like in Hoboken, New Jersey, where the general population is younger and very techy, like they're very on Instagram. So that would be better for that area. Mm -hmm. But pick one and be great at it, then move on to another one. Wouldn't you say, Britt? Oh, yes, I agree 100%. And I mean, I've had to make those decisions even where I'm at now. I mean, originally when I came on, they had just what you said, like five different ones up there. And I would say, why do you even have this here? You don't share anything there. <laughs> well, I'm supposed to have that, aren't I? Like, right. I'm supposed to, this is, we're supposed to be on, yeah, I'm on everything, but don't go there because I don't post anything. Like, well, what's the point? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. And that's how you really get to know your audience and be able to engage. You have to focus on one because if you're trying to be everywhere at once you'll never really get anywhere totally and a great intake question for our listeners a lot of pet sitters they have online registration maybe it could be like what's your favorite social media channel and list whichever ones that you're interested in maybe posting on and see what the overwhelming response is yeah that's something that you easily could add next to like what's your garage door code (laughs) yeah you could ask them that too and it might be really cool so Brittany, as we come to a close here, I want to thank you so much for your time in doing this. Brittany and myself, we actually connected and found each other over good old LinkedIn. (laughs) So (laughs) social media works. (laughs) Brittany, if anyone has any questions for you, they want to get in touch with you, how could they reach out to you? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. Uh I'm on there as Brittany N. Young. So you can definitely find me on there or feel free to shoot me an email. It's the same Brittany N. Young at gmail.com. Yeah, I would be more than glad to answer any questions. Awesome. And I'll include all that information in the show notes too for those of us who are driving or walking dogs or doing laundry. So this has been another episode of Bella in Your Business. Please, please, please like and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Just go ahead and search Bella in Your Business so that every Thursday when a new podcast comes, it will automatically update to your phone when you log into the app. Remember guys, always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.